Wolverine Whitetail is brought to you by Crooked Bend Wildlife Food Plot Seed. This is a Michigan company with great customer service. If you would like to contact them about seed mixes or wildlife services, you can visit their website at crooked-bend.com. You can send them an email at crookedbend at outlook.com or text or call 1-810-300-8972. Love your herd by planting Crooked Bend food plots. guys well welcome to episode five of the wolverine whitetail podcast presented by crooked bend wildlife food plot seed we're calling this one our mid-october checkpoint episode bow season opened here in michigan on october 1st and we've been hitting it decently hard so far so chooch how, do- how are you doing tonight buddy easy for you to say <laughs> yeah i should say i'm doing all right i just had some venison nachos first time i made that and uh probably have to take an intermission here like halfway through this thing so yeah if i have to uh pull the plug real quick (laughs) i saw the uh the platter that you had for uh, 10 people there oh man easy easy 10 people i got leftovers for days so we're not going hungry around here that's awesome dude yeah we're all me and my dad are pretty much out of venison so we one of us has to kill one this year we got two back in 2018. We had two deer, so we had enough to make it through last year without getting one. But freezer's running dry, my friend. Oh, man. Well, don't count on me to be uh, donating any deer to you. Cause, uh, so <laughs> yeah. Far, so far, uh, not on the board. <clears throat> right on. So, like I was saying, you know, we've been at it for over two weeks now. Um, I guess just to kind of recap, we could – cycle back, talk about how we were feeling going into opening day and opening weekend, and then get into that second weekend a little bit. I know it's, you know, it's kind of hard to think about. It's been two and a half weeks now, but all that optimism and, you know, all that joy that comes the night before opening day, it seems like it's just so far away at this point. Uh, don't remind me, man. It, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, I was, I think I said it, I was extremely optimistic about my opening day hunts and uh, whatever opening weekend. And uh, my opening, I mean, I guess just jumping right into it. I'm glad that I did what I did. I mean, I did some, some, uh, you know, immediate like preseason scouting during that like rainstorm right before opener. And I thought I was, I thought I was right in the money and the plan worked out accordingly i slipped i slipped into my stand uh i mean hung you know hung my saddle up and well probably an hour before daylight uh just like clockwork i mean trucks started pulling into the parking the public parking lots which is what i was expecting and then that would i I thought in turn push the deer off the oaks near the parking lot back into the bedding where i was at and uh i had one come under me probably 15 minutes before first light and I thought it was game on. I was going to be crawling in deer and, uh, I didn't see anything. I mean, it was a beautiful morning. I was, it was awesome to be out there. I mean, you can't, 
doesn't matter. Opening morning, being out in the woods, it's it's awesome no matter what. But I mean, I'm also just saying that because I didn't shoot a deer. But um, yeah, opening evening, I went in. Uh, it rained pretty good when I got out of the woods opening morning. Uh, actually pulled a camera, had a couple of good bucks on there, uh, sort of right before that September shift, they call it, um, right around the like youth season and they disappeared. I mean, I didn't not say they're not around. Um, I actually hunted a little bit further West than where I had that camera bordering some private. I was back on a swamp edge again, looked really promising, had a couple of pretty fresh scrapes actually that I found just going in blind, uh, scouting with my sticks and on my back. Didn't see anything that night. Uh, my gut was rumbling pretty good. I got out of the stand after dark and pretty much ran in and then sped home. Um, that, uh, yeah. Then I took the canoe out, uh, cut me off if you want to interject here. I'm just kind of going over my whole opening couple of days. No, that's fine. Go ahead. Um, yeah, then Ty and I went out uh, Friday, took the canoe way back. I, that was really promising. We had great weather, great temps, complete bust. Heard what I think was one deer in the swamp, like where I figured they were bedding. I mean, everything was perfect. I, I scouted. We scouted our way in. Ty. Ty was pretty confident in his setup. It sounds like I was near the Oaks, uh, on the edge of a swamp. And I, as I pushed along the swamp edge, it started to get a little bit thicker, a little bit more understory. And I wanted to keep going, but it was one of those things where I figured I could come back if I was, you know, depending on what I saw that night or how I was feeling. And at dark, uh, some, I saw some guy like further down, I don't know how to explain it. He, he wasn't really in the thicker stuff where I wanted to keep pushing towards, but he was in more of the main woods, but he was only a couple hundred yards from me. And it wasn't Ty. Some, but some guy ended up getting down from his stand and he was making tons of noise and it kind of turned me off. Uh, Saturday I went to the dreaded Oak Island uh, and ended up having uh, I set up on the ground. I won't go into too much detail, I got real aggressive thinking that if any deer came across this funnel where deer always come through, I would be able to shoot a big doe real quick and easy, 18 yards on the ground. And sure, I mean, like clockwork, 545, well before last light or even really prime time came around. They came right down the funnel and the two bigger ones were about to step into my lane. I was getting ready to draw. It was awesome. I was on the ground. I mean, they were like, you know right there in front of me but i had a lot of cover it was great well the youngest uh one uh, this year's uh fawn i guess had popped around the other side of my big oak that i was set up behind and she was like five feet from me and when i noticed the other doe stop and look back towards me i noticed that she was like sniffing my shirt and she didn't like that a whole lot so they (laughs) took off out of there and uh I just about threw my bow in the pond, but it just, I've never seen, it's one of those things where I've hunted that area, you know, I'm, I'm still kind of learning it, I guess, because the story, the show goes on, it gets a, a lot uh, more intense, I guess, but um, I just, I've never, I've never seen a deer come onto that island and do what that young doe did, and I don't, and that oak that I was set up behind was dropping acorns like pretty heavily. So I probably should have known, but there were, there were oaks on the Island dropping too. So I just, 
I didn't think it would make that much of a difference, but that oak that I was set up behind was dropping pretty heavily. So I guess I maybe should have thought about that. And that doe was just coming right up to me to feed on the acorns and she busted me. So that was my opening weekend, uh, pretty much. So that spot that you're at on Friday night, is that only accessible by boat? It's not. You can take a, you can get there via land, but it's just, you know, it's pretty thick from what I remember from hunting it when I was like really young. Um, and I, and I could be wrong. So I might've just, you know, waste, I mean, whatever, not wasted a canoe ride. It was cool to do that. But I remember it being pretty thick to get, like you have to break through a pretty thick barrier to get back towards those, like, I guess you'd, you'd say hardwoods that we were in. Um, but it just goes to show like, you know, even if it is hard to access, like people, you know, I realized that night when we came back, like, you know, we brought the canoe back and, and some, there was still a truck in the parking lot. And then some guy who's around our age comes rolling up in his kayak with his, all his camera gear and, you know, his bow and everything. And he was on these islands that I was really looking forward to hunting here in the next couple of weeks, like end of October. Cause I figured there's no way anybody's hunting those. And he's like, yeah, me and my buddies hunt it. He's like, we have pretty good luck out there. And I was like, Oh, I bet you shoot some pretty good bucks. And he's like, yeah, we shoot some good ones. So he wouldn't elaborate. I know. I mean, it's probably exactly what I think it is back there. I told him, I was like, well, end October, just let your buddies know, like, I'm going to be back there with you guys. Cause I mean, it's just, it, I, I don't think, I mean, it's, it's just a good, good area. I, I don't know if I'll go there, but um, point being to answer your question. Yeah. I mean, I just think it's just hard to get away from people no matter what. And yeah, like consistently for the last two years, honestly, this Oak Island that I just keep talking about, I don't know how no one's hunting it because it sticks out on an aerial map, like a sore thumb. It's easy to access. And I mean, I'll get further into it, but, uh, I've, you know, I've had some run-ins as you know, with, uh, with a, not a very big raft buck, but I believe it's a three and a half year old that I was watching last year as a two and a half year old. And it's just crazy. It's the one spot that I can, I can go to and there's, there's deer activity. I mean, scraping, rubbing daylight activity, five, you know, five thirty PM when it's getting dark at seven thirty. there's deer on this Island. Um, I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm not saying I'm going to, I mean, we can get into, you know, future, but I'm just realizing that it's like, you know, a boat isn't going to just get like automatically get you away from all the other hunters because there's so many, there's so many people around here, at least that I've seen that are, that are really into it, that are mobile hunters that are like going above and beyond to get to these hard to reach places. And so again, it just goes back to like, you know, don't, don't count anything out. Like don't rule anything out. It's just, it's, you got to find those little pockets where, the deer feel safe and that goes back to hunting hot sign i've talked for like seven minutes straight now so uh, i'm gonna stop no you're good man i was just i had one more question and that's like uh, overall so far like i know we haven't talked about the second week yet but have you seen more people out on the public land than you had in years past um mm, well those first those first couple of days, yeah, it seemed like there were a lot of people out. But we had good weather, too, and it was, you know, yeah. Thursday, Friday. So, um, I don't know. I don't know for sure, um, but I'm trying to think of where else. I, 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's, I mean, I want to say, yeah, there's just a lot more people out. So that's why, you know, I'm not seeing deer in, in some of these spots that I'm going in blind to. But um, it's been rough. I mean, compared to last year, I don't know if it, it's, you know, pressure or not or more people being in the woods. But um, I think I've got like 10 or 11 sits under my belt now. And I've seen deer on three of those sits. Whereas last year, like probably by my 11th ton, I'd seen deer on like 10 of them or, you know, just like, it's been, it's been humbling. It's like, right. When you think, you know, I came into the season, like, well, I know I'll find deer. Oh yeah. I'm I'm cool. I'm cocky. You know, I'm going to find deer. I'll be on the deer. And then it's like, nope. I mean, completely just not being able to get on them. And it's my own fault for really just not hunting the hot sign and, and doing what I know I should be doing. So I got to, and it kind of just hit me, you know, recently, like, oh, what are you doing? Stop, stop wasting your time. So anyway. I, yeah, I, was, I just didn't know if it was like the whole, you know, the whole COVID thing going on. Everybody's all the, you know, TV shows and magazines and social media. It's like everybody's going to be in the woods this year. You know, they got nothing else to do. There's going to be way more hunters this year. And I don't know if it's true or not. That's what I was asking you. Yeah. I, I mean, like I said, it's it'd be easy to say, yeah for sure like that yeah i would have had two like 140 inch deer on the ground by now if all these hunters weren't out here you know like mark <laughs> yeah. my words on it but uh i i don't know i mean i don't i want to say yes it seems like it but um i i'm not i'm not real sure i it just boils down to me stinking and uh i've had i've had some i've had a lot of, i've actually had opportunities to kill and i just stink yeah so it's the same song and dance every year but how was your how was your opening weekend? All right. Uh, let's, let me get into it real quick. So like, I was super pumped. Like I, this is, I've mentioned it before. This is my first time seriously bow hunting since I was like 15 years old. So when people say they're really trying to take it all in, that's exactly what I was trying to do and just get used to hunting in October versus like late November when it's snowing and just bitter cold out, like sure. different clothes. It's a different looking landscape. Um, for opening weekend, I went with my dad up to our farm and then second weekend we did a little camping trip with the boys. Um, so for that first weekend, I mean, it was pretty cold for the most part. I think the highs were only in like the fifties and then, uh, it got into the thirties overnight toward, uh, like towards Saturday, but I hunted that ladder stand that I hung up by the pond, um, on the farm up there Friday night when I first got there. So I had to like leave work, shoot up there. And I got there at like four 30 threw my harness on and just ran back there. But it was pretty cool. Cause I could see like a lot of the farm, even though there wasn't much movement going on. I think the only deer I saw that night, I had one button buck that came out from what would have been my West and just crossed East to West or uh, West to East right in front of me, 10 yards under my stand. Didn't know I was there. It would have been perfect if it was a nice size deer, but it was like, like I was telling you, dude, so it's, it's my first year, right. Really getting after it. And we've kind of come to the consensus that any decently large body deer is on the menu right now. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not holding out for anything giant. Um, you know, any, any mature bucks, anything like that. I'll shoot a big doe right now. No problem. That's kind of like what I'm picturing in my mind anyway. So of course the one deer on the entire property that I wouldn't shoot is like this little six month old button buck. And he's the one that walked by that night. Um, 
but it was cool, you know, just being up there, seeing, seeing a deer for the first time out of that stand. And then my dad and my uncle actually saw a decent six point. Um, I don't know if he was a year and a half year old, uh, based on his body, he probably wasn't too much older than that, but they saw him at like 40 yards on the run and he's hunting with a crossbow out of like an elevated ground blind. So he tried to get him to stop, but I don't know if he like spooked out when I was climbing into the ladder or not, or what was going on, but, uh, he just didn't have any business stopping. He was just on the go running back to the, what would be the North of our property out into some cornfield and they just couldn't stop him but it was cool seeing the buck on their very first sit so yeah. they're definitely out there and i i we went we went back and checked the cameras later that night we pulled the chips on our way back from the blind and uh we had pictures of that deer and i don't know if i sent it to you or not but he's got like a just a little basket six rack on there and i think he's just one of the deer that hangs around on our yeah. property so then what would it be saturday morning the wind was the exact same as friday night so i went right back to that ladder again it's just like an easy in and out it's only like 300 yards behind the house so i have a mowed trail going back there because it leads to the pond and i can just easily walk in and out um i didn't really see anything that morning so i got down and just kind of took a walk around found these rubs where we normally see them and then um, in the west field, I found like a just like a patch of doe beds, and I could see where they were going in and out of the soybeans. But the soybeans are already brown, so I don't think they're really hitting them that hard anymore. So now I think like it's going to turn to the corn, especially once they take those beans off later next month. But uh, so Saturday morning wasn't too eventful, but I did use the time to just go and take a walk and look for maybe some other places where I wanted to sit, even a place where I want to put my, uh, my gun blind for later mm-hmm. in the year. So it wasn't like a total waste of time. And then Saturday night, the wind had changed. I believe it was like out of the Northwest. So I went to that spot that we were talking about. We had really, really high hopes for, and that's that like honey hole spot that had that uh giant community mm-hmm. scrape in it unfortunately when i got in there it was like a total letdown like all that sign was old i just don't think it's being used yet that scrape was just full of leaves didn't look like many deer had been through there so i just sat back in like the southeast corner where my wind would have been blowing back into the road and um i just didn't want to go in there and start messing around and leaving my scent everywhere because there's definitely been deer through there. It just hasn't happened yet this year. So I think that's still a, a decent spot just based on like that old evidence that we were seeing, but I just think I was a little bit right. too early. So I just kind of, I don't know. I just kind of poked in on the edge and then got back out of there without doing too right much damage. Yeah. So hopefully I'm going to try to get back up there. I know we'll talk about this a little bit later, but I'm gonna try to get back up there maybe in a couple weeks see what's happening but my dad uh when he was driving around i don't know if he's on the four-wheeler or what but he found uh this like giant buck bed um on the side of this small patch of woods that we have in the middle of the property and it kind of makes sense because the like with the prevailing wind out of the west the buck could kind of smell everything coming from the ag fields 
and then he would have this woods like right to his back and it's not like uh it's it's literally just like a little fence row of woods it's very small but it's enough cover to where uh nothing could like you know sneak up behind him type of thing without disturbing him yeah so i'm almost thinking of like i don't know it's definitely a spot that i want to check out and at least see what's going on in there i'm not going to hang a camera in there or anything but if i get like a nice west or northwest wind if i could slip in from the other side into that little patch of woods and just see what's going on maybe even hunt them from the ground or something i don't know just see um see if i can get in there and uh see what's going on i don't know it's the it's like the first real buck sign that we've seen except for that rub line that's always there um so yeah it's definitely on my list of places to check out we're getting into that time of year yep so the the farm was slow the action was slow but i'm not gonna say it was unexpected because i i just had like the very first picture of a buck on our on my cell cam that i have out there like a week before even days before i got out there and this was the first buck picture since like july when they were all still in velvet so it's kind of like you always hear those stories about like traveling bucks and these these deer that you've never seen before all of a sudden appear on your cameras and i just feel like it's kind of one of those places it's a small 40 acre patch in the middle of all these big cornfields and ag fields with big woods to the south and it's just it's a traveling corridor basically so you just got to try to be out there when they come through because they don't really well, stick around. And for you the most have part. pictures from the past, right? From past years when you weren't bow hunting of bucks in there in daylight, like in late October. Right. It was always like that last week of October, first week of mm-hmm. November, where we weren't getting out there until at least the 15th, which would have been, you know, two or three weeks after those right. pictures. And those deer were either dead or gone at that point. Strike while the iron's hot. So. So, yeah, I mean, it was cool to see that big bed. Um, and, you know, at least you know that he's he's there. He's kind of sticking around. We saw all the resident deer. There's always like a pack of, you know, four or five does that just kind of hang around. And that's the key, though, is like once they get hot, once they go into heat, you can pull a buck from miles away that you've never even seen before. So that's kind of what I'm hoping for yep, with that spot. They're there. Or they'll be. Yep. All right, dude. Um, so that was kind of our first weekend. What, what would be considered your opening weekend here in Michigan? Do you want to go forward and move to the next week and next weekend? Um, yeah. So the next week, I well, weekend, which would have been the, I think the weekend of the 10th, I was going up to, well, I ended up going up to our property in Montmorency County, uh, Atlanta area. But I had uh, had something going on at work where I was able to slip out early on Thursday. And I went back to the Oak Island, like I said previously, that I wouldn't be, you know, going back there religiously. But I went back there and set up uh, a little bit more aggressive for uh, that those two big does. And it was probably which I thought was a little foolish of me anyway, because I blew them out of there to high heaven. Um, 
but I went back in there and I got, well, I actually ended up getting in a little late. I was trying to get up in a tree and it was damn near six o'clock. And I was like, and I was just getting frustrated. And I ended up sitting on the ground again, had great, better cover than I did the first time. Um, and it was probably about quarter to six, same time, maybe six Oh five, six o'clock or something. And a deer once again, did something that I've, I've never seen them come out of the Island this way, but I always figured if there was a buck using this Island, he would probably come from the swamp side. And about six o'clock, I heard something, you know, I thought it was squirrels behind me up on the Island. Um, I, I was basically, I'm not going to try to explain the Island, but I was basically on the Eastern edge of this Island. And from the basically Southwest I just kept hearing like footsteps and it finally clicked. And I was like, Oh, there's a deer back there. Like it was very obvious. Like for the longest time, I just, you know, thought it was squirrels or whatever, like it usually is. And I was like, Oh, that's, that's a deer. walking." So I slowly turned, I had a little rise. So like I was down, like on my knees, hands and knees. And I peeked up and I saw this huge body just eating acorns, walking, looking around. And then I saw a rack and I was like, okay, yeah, that's a, that's a good buck. Um, I mean, he looked huge, look, just had that racehorse look to him. I thought it was a freaking four or five year old buck. Um, he came to about, eventually he got to about 20 yards and started raking a tree, just beating it up and, uh, didn't scrape, but was, uh, you know, just doing buck things, just tearing it up, licking the branches, um, like he was going to start a scrape and, my wind was good, but it had been swirling a little bit. Every once in a while, it swirled kind of back that way. So I'm on the ground. I have a bunch of brush in front of me. I can't shoot him. He's, I mean, 20 yards max. And I had two windows to my left and right where he would have had, I mean, if he kept progressing, uh, he would have passed through one of them. So I was, I mean, I knew time wasn't on my side before eventually that close, he might get my scent. He couldn't see me at all. Um, and I couldn't really make out how big his rack was. And I mean, just, just like I didn't want him to do. I mean, he was sitting there raking this tree and it was like, I mean, out of nowhere, he just took two bounds backwards. He got a whiff of something and ended up feeding on that Western edge of the Island for the rest of the night, which was a bummer, but I didn't, he didn't blow or anything. I didn't spook him too bad if he caught a whiff. Um, and then right around 6.30 or so, probably 20 minutes before last light, I had those three does, the two bigger ones and the younger one. They actually came out to the water at 35 yards across the uh, island from me. And we're drinking from the, from the pond. And I had a mess of twigs and stuff. I mean, I didn't really have a shot to shoot over there and I wasn't angled correctly. And, you know, they were 35 yards, so I couldn't really make a move, but I got some video of them. And uh, that was pretty much that night. So went up to Atlanta, hunted, stand on my back, hunted, looked. I mean, I spent probably three or four hours Friday morning when I got up there looking for uh, white oaks, you know, any, any type of, you know, really any type of sign any type of fresh acorns, any trees that were dropping, couldn't find anything. And talking to people now who have been hunting up there, they're like, oh, it's the best acorn crop we've had in 10 years. And I could not find any. The only acorns I found that were dropping were on our property. And of course I didn't hunt it. because I was like, well, I'm up here. I'm going to branch out and hunt elsewhere like an idiot. So, um, 
I mean, honestly, I is that like public land yeah, that surrounds you guys, I think it's like, like state 80% land? Percent of the county is public land, so I was just like going all over the place, down two tracks, and just walking, hiking, checking things out. And uh, so Friday night, I ended up sitting in a spot I was not real happy about. Didn't expect to see much. Just kind of ran out of time. Set up. Um, nothing. It was real windy. I was blown out of my tree. Saturday morning, I went into a uh, went in along this creek next to a ranch. Uh, I mean, it's not like high fence operation or anything, but um, on public land. Loved the setup. Saw three doe crossing into the bedding area that I was going to hunt uh, before I parked my truck. So that was promising. Got in there. Didn't see anything. Um, got down, scoured around a little bit. Hung a camera in there, actually. Got out. Scouted some other areas. Saw some grouse. Um, Saturday afternoon, we chopped firewood. My buddy Anthony came over from Gaylord, and uh, we went and hunted an area that was really hilly uh, nearby that neither one of us had ever hunted because he kind of hunts up in that area all the time. And he's a, he's a seasoned deer hunter. So I don't know hill terrain too well. So he was kind of just like pointing things out to me to look out for. And I was like, okay, yeah, I mean, I don't hunt this stuff at all. Um, ended up, we both got set up real late. I got up and I found a spot that had a little bit of, there were some oaks behind me. Wind was good. I came down this ridge. There was kind of a finger going down into this thicker, uh, really good understory. I had a bottom off to my right that was, I could hear acorns dropping. Um, this was the second place, the, the only other place that I found acorns dropping. So I was feeling pretty good. But like I said, I, I got to my tree at about, I don't know, it was probably like 6.15. I didn't have much time left. And I was like, I got to get up in this tree. Um, I did not see anything. Anthony got set up. He went, he went a ways, a ways. And he, uh, he got set up at like seven Oh five. He was up in this tree. It gets dark at like seven 30 and yeah. he got up in his tree and he hung up his bow and heard footsteps. He had a uh, doe and two fawns come right under him. He said he could have shot the doe at like 10 yards, but it was getting pretty dark. I mean, it was still legal shooting light. And he being that she had two fawns, he just gave her a pass. So I don't know. He said he might be kicking himself later for it, but uh, that was pretty much it for Atlanta, man. It was a bust for me. Yeah. Dang, man. That's a pretty far yeah, drive, too. Good. We had to go up there and cut a bunch of firewood anyway, so it was just nice to get up there and see my uncle and uh, hang out with my parents. Is that the same place where you guys have uh, like, yeah. gun well, camp? Yeah, we have, well, we have a camp in the UP, too, that I go to. I kind of switch on and off. Um like this year, I'm going to deer camp in the UP for opener in a couple of days, and then I'm going to go down to Atlanta and hunt down there. But yeah, um, and then obviously, you know, as you know, I ended up going back to the Oak Island uh, just this past Thursday. Again, I waited a week, and I went back in there, and I don't know if we want to get into that yet. If I, you know, you want me to just explain that debacle right now, or just wait? Um, go ahead, well, man. I'll try to keep it short and sweet. I went in there, set up on the north edge of the island um, to where I figured I, you know, it's basically right where I enter. So I'd be good as far as ground scent. Wind was perfect. I was dropping milkweed even into the evening. It was pulling right back towards the lake or the pond, I guess. It was great. And about 545, that same buck came across the funnel. And so, you know, if I would have been set up where I had been the previous two times i would have had a perfect shot at him 
um, came across and hung out for a half hour within 30 yards. And with the way my saddle, the way I was set up, I could not get a shot at him. Um, I had one opportunity at, I ranged his head at 30 yards and he was quartering to me pretty severe. And I just figured, well, I could take that shot. You know, I might be able to kill him, but he was totally unalarmed. Um, he started scraping at like 18 yards from me. He was, he tore up two trees. He broke one in half. Um, he was pretty fired up. He was marking his territory. It was awesome to see. I wish I had a camera. Um, I keep telling myself that, but, um, I just, I mean, this, my wind was perfect, but he was so close. He, he started to get to a point where he was going to cross into kind of my, my money shot, uh, broadside. And he just stopped and looked around, didn't look at me. I don't know if he picked up my scent. Like I said, I was dropping milkweed the whole time because he couldn't see me at all. And it was not pulling towards him at all. And he just started to get towards my lane, like perfect shot. I was getting ready to draw and he just kind of looked around and then did the whole like turn and started to trot back towards the funnel and then took a bound and just stood there looking around for a little while and then just walked off, walked out of my life. He had a horse of a body and I'm thinking like I saw his rack better this second time. And I was like, man, he's got short tines, like real wide, not tall, just wide, short tines, decent mass and i'm thinking like you know he's got to be a two-year-old and i'm obviously solely basing this off of his rack which you shouldn't do and the more i thought about it i have trail camera pictures from last year of a what i know from the pictures and seeing him in person last year was a two and a half year old little crappy rack really wide with like no time length at all and this buck and that buck from last year came from the same bedding area it's the only, like, it's like a lone bedding area where I've seen this deer come from. And I started thinking, you know, this deer is so big. Like, it looked, like, when I first saw it that first time, I thought, that's got to be a three-year-old at least. And now I'm starting to wonder if it's not the same deer. Using the same bedding area. I mean, doing the same stuff that this two-and-a-half-year-old did last year. So, um, I'm thinking, it's, I'd really like yeah. to kill him just to see if it's a three-year-old. Because that'd be cool. But uh, his rack is not anything to brag about um i mean at first you know when i saw him the first time and right away when i saw him the second time i thought he was probably an eight i don't know for sure i just knew i'd shoot him he could be a big like a wide six you know i mean his tines the tines that i did see sticking up were no more than five inches uh, but nevertheless yeah. i would and I, I know there's bigger deer in the area but um I might give, I might actually try to get in on where I think or kind of know where he is bedding or where he was. But the thing is with that area, when the foliage starts to drop, when all the leaves start dropping, they kind of push back towards the thicker swamp stuff. So I'm kind of running out of time if I'm going to make that happen, but we'll see. Did you name him yet? Um, I'd like to name him dead, but I'm not going to name him, no. <laughs> Yeah, I don't tend to name things that I'm going to kill either. But, uh, hey, you can't eat the antlers, buddy. That's right. All right, you want me to get into my second weekend? It was a doozy. All right, so this weekend would be Friday, October 9th is when it started. And I was hunting a lot closer to home, like 15 minutes from my house at a buddy's grandma's property. And his dad had been out there 
already earlier this season. I think he'd been out there a couple of times too. And so they said, you know, you hear all the stories. There's a couple smaller blocks running around. And of course there's a couple bigger six or eight pointers. Um, I'll just say right now we didn't see any of the bigger bucks, which is unfortunate, but that's hunting. So I got there Friday, October 9th and uh, kind of just got right to work. I found a spot that looked pretty hot over a deer trail on a low ridge and hung a stand overlooking that trail that was parallel with the swamp. Um, I guess to back up, it's, it's a 22 acre piece and there's kind of like a driveway that winds up the middle of it. And then there's a swamp to uh, what would be, let's see, I think the road is to the north, the, the lake is to the south, there's a swamp to the east, and then the driveway is basically your west border because there's a really thick patch of timber on the other side of the driveway, and then the neighbor's house is like, I don't know, maybe 50 yards on the other side of that timber, so they don't really hunt on that side. So that's effectively like maybe 15 acres when it's all said and done. So I was on a trail that runs parallel with that swamp to the east. And I was in my stand about 15 yards off this trail. So I didn't see anything for a while. Then it got to like that 645 magic time. And I ended up having these two does walk up behind me and they would have been right over my right hand shoulder. Um, and I'm a right-handed shot. So it was opening opening night for that weekend. I hadn't really thought about shooting a doe yet, although it was kind of like in my mind a little bit, but it would have been a tough shot because I was on one of those like hang on tree stands. So I would have had to basically stand up, spin my body around, try to shoot around the left side of this tree. And like I said, I'm right-handed and I don't think that would have worked very well. So I just kind of watched them until dark. I was messing with the range finder and they got to within like 13 yards of me and it was cool. You know, we, we saw a deer. That's, that's always the goal. And I got back to camp and both of my buddies who I was hunting with out there, they each saw this year and a half year old four point. And then my other buddy saw that deer and another three point. And he said that the three point actually looked pretty meaty. Like he had, he was a bigger deer. But the, the four point was just kind of a skinny, young, dumb four corn buck. Uh, but they, my, my one friend who saw him was hunting from the ground and he got within like nine yards of him. And he showed me this video that he took and it was just like a, the definition of a slam dunk, but I guess you just, you know, we just weren't feeling it. Like, it, like I said, it was the first night. So see what happens. It's a long weekend. So then the next morning, uh, I was a little late setting up. <laughs> basically due to friday night i think we were up to like two in the morning so saturday morning was a little rough wake up but we got out there before daylight unfortunately it was only like 10 minutes before daylight and uh i set up kind of along that same trail just down a little further i had the driveway to my back and i was facing the swamp and i was just sitting on the ground uh that morning and i kind of had a I don't know. I just wasn't feeling too confident in the wind. It was like swirling down into this valley. And then sure enough, uh, I had this doe walk right into that valley and she just, she flagged up right away and just busted back out the way she came. And I was like, well, this is not going to work. So I didn't, I didn't waste any time. I got up and walked down a little bit farther to where there's kind of like a little peninsula out into the swamp and the wind 
was basically blowing all the scent down that peninsula out into the swamp. So I had my back, I switched, had my back to that side on the other side of this deer trail. And then I get a text from my buddy at about 9 AM and he's just like, Hey man, here comes the four point. And I was just like, Oh, here we go. So I grabbed my bow and sure enough, he comes right over this hill. I had him skyline on the ridge at like, I think I ranged him at 23 yards but dude, I, it's like we always were saying, you know, I just, I wasn't jacked up about it. I wasn't, I wasn't even shaking. Like I, I just wasn't feeling it. And so I decided to just hang my bow back up and I pulled out my phone and just filmed them instead. I just, I don't know. Maybe, maybe if it wasn't my buddy's property and maybe if it was mine, I'd feel different about it. I can't really explain it, but in that moment, I just didn't want to yeah. kill that year and a half old buck. Shoot them with your camera instead. That's what I should be doing anyway. I don't shoot them with my bow ever. So, yeah. So I don't know. Like you said, I might be kicking myself later. But in that moment, it just yep. it wasn't no, it wasn't what I wanted to do. So we got back to camp again. It's probably ten thirty in the morning, eleven a.m. something like that. Um, my one buddy took a nap, and then the guy whose property that we were on, his grandma's property, we went out and went scouting. And just found a whole bunch of deer sign. It was just that little property. It it backs up to uh, this old golf course that's now all farmland. And there's just so much deer sign in there. It's it's insane. Um, we found another peninsula that goes down out over the lake, and it's kind of like a crossing point between that property and that old golf course, which is now ag field. And there's just a ton of sign in there. It was like all fresh rubs, uh, fresh deer poop, all bunch of acorns, acorn caps where they'd been eating them. So I, I told my buddy, I was like, dude, you got to hunt this like soon. I mean, they're definitely in here. And they're, he said that from one of his stands, he kept seeing them go out of sight. And I think that's where they were going is this little peninsula. But anyway, um, so Saturday afternoon, we went back and I, I took that tree stand down from Friday night, went down another 60, 70 yards facing the opposite way on that deer trail and hung it up in a tree that was right on the edge of the swamp. And this was preparing for a West wind that would blow from the driveway down this Valley. Um, and then blow my scent in that tree directly out into the swamp so it was like it was perfect and then i had the thing about this property though is like all the shooting lanes are super tight like the deer are right on top of you out there so you kind of have to be on your game and you have to be like really still really quiet in order to actually get them close which i did a pretty good job of all weekend but um it's just different like i'm used to hunting farmland from a ground blind where you're seeing these deer coming from, you know, several hundred yards, if not longer away, it's just a totally different ball game oh, yeah. in the woods. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I was getting, I got into that stand at like four o'clock. We got out there early and then it was like, it wasn't until about six 30. Um, these does came from behind me. And at this point it's Saturday night. So it's like, it's doe mode. We made a pack to kill that four point again. If we saw him, I was just like, you know, it's our last night there. We're going to have some fun. So, um, these four does come from, which would have been over my left shoulder. I was facing, uh, 
facing the trail, basically looking straight down the deer trail. And they came from behind me down this trail. And the way that I hung my stand is that where the trail comes through, I would have had about, uh, I don't know, a 10 or a 15 yard shot that I could make sitting down out of that hang on stand. So it's, uh, it's one really big doe. And then there's like a year and a half year old doe who's still big enough to shoot. And then two fawns and these two fawns step right into the opening, like right where that slam dunk shot would be. And that big doe, she just, she didn't see me. She didn't smell me, but she just knew something was up where she wasn't going to step out into that opening where the sun was shining. It was like, they say that, yeah, they say that they have that sixth sense or whatever. And I, I totally believe it, dude, because I was in the perfect spot. The wind was perfect. I know she didn't see me, but she just did not step out into that open part of the trail. Instead, she turns and goes, she, she makes like a left-hand turn, walks up toward the driveway, gets to a point that's about 30 yards from me. It might've even been another deer trail up higher on the ridge. And then she crosses like 30 yards up the hill from me through all this thicker stuff to where I couldn't shoot at all. And it, at that point, it was almost dark because they were they were under me for like right. 20, 25 minutes. And it was just like, I was just like, damn, dude, like I was I was in the perfect spot and she still didn't right. didn't so read the script or whatever you want to say. Is like, I've always heard, you know, other people talk about that sixth sense and everything. And we've all seen it. And it wasn't until the last few years I've heard people saying, well, that sixth sense is what people don't realize is like, no matter your wind, like the thermals, you know, again, coming back to the thermals, like they play such a huge part. Like it doesn't matter if you're, if you know, the wind's blowing, you know, 10, 15 miles an hour, like those thermals play a way bigger factor than you think. And so a lot of times guys are like, well, that sixth sense is actually your thermal starts switching and your scent goes to them. But again, going back to what the story I just told, like when I had that, that buck, at 18 yards like i was actively dropping milkweed and never once saw any indication that that deer would have caught away from me and it still had an inkling to turn around and it's not to say he didn't you know i mean milkweed doesn't tell you the entire story i I truly believe that so i think that buck still may have caught a whiff but i'm starting to wonder if they don't have a sixth sense you know like especially if you had a wind that was blowing (laughs) fairly steady and strong i mean then you can assume that, you know, that's probably where your scent's going. So I don't know. It's a, it's a, myth. it's a mystery. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't say it was like strong. I mean, it was less than 10 miles an hour, but it was, it was perfect as far as like, it was blowing right out into the swamp and she, she wasn't spooky about the whole deal. Like she didn't flag up and take off. She just kind of yeah. meandered her way up the hill like I want and just made her there. way out There's of something there. Something about it makes me feel like I might get through my lungs so yeah and it could be because that was like i mean that was my shooting lane that's where the sun was shining from like my right and over to my left into the trail that's where the, like the the trail was illuminated in that right. spot and she just did not want to step into it and i think there's something to be said too like she was she was an older bigger doe and she had they had fawns with them i don't know if they were her fawns or the other does fawns but still like they're just cagier and they're smarter, dude. Like that young buck had no idea what was going on, but the does just seemed like 
I don't know. Right. She seems so well, much yeah, more on I top mean, of it. You think they only live for, you know, an older deer is, you know, four or five years old. And it's like, they're, they're just so freaking wily out there. They know the game. Yeah. I know we talk about other podcasts and stuff before. So, um, like that Dan Johnson guy from Nine Finger Chronicles, he was in Michigan over the weekend hunting. And he's like, compared to Iowa, like the deer in Michigan are so much more nervous. He said like all these deer just, they know that they're going to get killed around any turn or whatever you want to call it. And he didn't have any luck at all this weekend either. So maybe you're not as bad of a hunter as you think you are. One thing I I wanted to touch on, this is just (laughs) funny because I think it was, I should have listened to the guy. I had to do like a shadowing thing, like for, for work. I, um, a director, um, I had to shadow him and I work at an airport, but, um, we were talking about, I don't know how we got on the topic, but we were talking about defining safety, like the, the actual definition of, of safe. And so he explained, you know, I, I gave him my definition of safe and he gave me his, and I just, I went out that night and, you know, and then I ended up screwing up this Oak Island spot that I love. And it, it comes full circle, like exactly what he told me. And it's, and I just want to point it out, like his definition of safety is free of unacceptable risk. And I know that sounds really random, but the more I've been thinking about it, it's like, if I would have taken that nugget of information and applied it to this Oak Island, I think I would have had multiple shots at deer. And I think I would have killed that buck because the first time I sat that Oak Island, that's exactly what I did from a safety standpoint of not getting busted by deer. I was free of unacceptable risk. I, made sure to take all proper precautions to not get busted by deer by setting up for a west wind on directly on the edge of the pond where there's no chance of a deer, you know, seeing or, or getting a whiff of me. And that was the first time I hunted it last year on October 1st, I set up free of unacceptable risk. And I didn't have a single deer out of like 10 deer that came through bust me. And ever since then, I've been trying to get more and more aggressive on this Island. And it's been, way too risky and i've ended up you know getting busted because of it and had i just done that these last couple of hunts i mean undoubtedly i would have gotten shot opportunities at either those two big does or this what i think is you know a three and a half year old buck uh just the way no matter where they came from i wouldn't have been in a situation where it would have been risky at all so i don't know that's my one nugget of information i guess to for, that I'm still chewing on and maybe it'll help somebody else out. Like just take all precautions. And, you know, the first time I set up like that, I didn't end up getting a shot opportunity, but I also didn't spook the deer and they were still coming through there. I mean, I had such a perfect entry and exit that I probably could have hunted that spot day in and day out for a long time and probably not harmed the area, you know, or stunk it up or whatever. And then just trying to get aggressive and which sometimes you have to do, but it's just like, again, going back to free of unacceptable risk, like that's standing out to me now, like no matter your setup, like, you know, if you have to, if it means you have to sit back and observe something once before you go in for the kill, then so be it. But just like, you know, I talk about, I've been talking about like getting aggressive, getting aggressive, but like just getting aggressive on a general bedding area or an area you can still do that, but I think you still have to like take into account those minor details of like, okay, how can I set up in this aggressive area to where like, I'm not going to screw something up. If that makes sense. I don't know. Just something that's been on my mind that I wish I would have 
I guess, taking to heart a little more seriously going in yeah. and to kill this deer. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, that does make sense. That's almost exactly what I tried to do with that spot. Like that spot we keep calling the honey hole spot was just, if you picture it like a triangle, I was down in that bottom right-hand portion of the triangle and the wind was perfect where it was blowing my scent right back out into the road. Cause like the last thing I want to do is go in there and start stomping around and start like mucking that spot up because that's that main travel area where the deer come from the big timber to make their way through our property to get to the cornfield that's to the north. And like, if I, if I jacked up that travel route, then like, I mean, that could throw off our whole right. deer season regardless of anything. So, like, yeah. So I just kind of got in there where I could, I could shoot for a reasonable distance in there from the ground and just get in that little pocket and then make my way right back out the yeah. way that I came without trying to disturb anything. So hopefully I didn't like, hopefully I did what I thought I was going right. to do. And, and I mean, I everything guess is cool, but it, we'll see what happens. It, it's all situational. Like, you know, the whole safety thing, like, you know, you don't want to, if you're trying to kill like a certain deer, you don't want to be like, well, I'm going to just sit off like, you know, 200 yards away from where I think he's bedded. Like, I think it all depends, but regardless, like you can't short change yourself. Like I tried, yeah. to, I don't know how to put it. Like I tried to, I gave up too much to try to get this like perfect, close, aggressive shot. And I short changed myself by not like basically trying to give myself like a 10 yard shot if they use, you know, if they do exactly what I think they're going to do, it's going to be a slam dunk. But then it ended up biting me in the ass because I got too aggressive where I could have probably picked a tree where I had a 20 or 30 yard shot and not, you know, and basically taking the risk out of it. Like there's no risk now. Like, okay, I have a 20 yard or 30 yard shot or the deer are out of range and I can't shoot them, but I'm not going to screw anything up and muck things up and blow those deer out of there. I guess is what I'm saying. So it's just, it's all situational. Right. All right. Um, so to kind of circle back Sunday morning, I went out in that same general area. Um, but it was not very eventful. I had two does walk right behind me at the top of the ridge. And I think they were just, I think they were literally walking right up the driveway. Like they're so familiar with that property that they just used the driveway as a means of walking to and from where they're going. So, and it was a it was a spot on the driveway that I couldn't shoot. It was twenty five yards mm-hmm. through like the thickest of the thickness. So, and then I went back out one more time last Thursday to that to that tree that I was talking about um, that has that shooting lane into the opening where the big doe didn't step into. But we didn't see any deer. Uh, my buddy kicked out a doe and a fawn walking back, and I didn't see any deer that night. And it was really surprising, actually. I mean, it was another perfect west wind. It was colder after it had been really warm earlier in the week so i kind of expected them to be moving but i don't know i don't think you saw anything that night either or no you did see that uh i think that was one of the nights that you saw that buck i saw the buck but he didn't cooperate uh okay yeah Yeah, that's the same night that i I was hunting over there morning and friday night as well and i went in blind um just went into new areas and again got skunked okay it goes back to just like I've had so many hunts where I'm going into these areas that I think look great and I'm scouting my way in and I'm just not seeing what I want to be seeing, but uh, things are going to change up here. It's time to pull an audible yeah. and, and start. I got, I, I b- bottom line is I'm not hunting hot sign. I'm not really finding the stuff that I need to be finding to know like, okay, I'm in the game, like set up, get up in a tree. And 
I'm finding marginal sign where I think it's a possibility, but it's not the sign that I should be setting up on, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. To kind of recap on, on my second weekend, like I learned a lot out there and I feel like I was in the game as far as like deer hunting, not, not mature buck hunting per se, but like deer hunting, I was in the game all weekend. Um, we saw deer every time we went out. So it was cool to see like some of the things that we had talked about and some of the strategies paying off, but, but, so but to speak, like we didn't kill anything, but certainly like, again, we've mentioned it. Like we're not. Yeah. But these were a lot of spots where like, I just, you know, I didn't hunt any of the pre-hung stuff that he, him and his family had out there. These were spots that we went out in the, in the morning and picked out and, you know, uh, sat in in the afternoon and it, to actually see deer come through kind of, where you think they're going to come through and stuff like that. It was just cool. Yeah. Like I, I don't do a lot of hunting like that. And yeah. And you were uh, successful. It was doing nice so. to get that so experience. I mean, kudos to you, you know, getting in the game and I mean, for your, your back into bow hunting to be regardless yeah. private, public, whatever. I mean, you're analyzing and you're, you know, you're setting up a stand and things are for the most part, they're successful hunts, you know? Yeah. And it was cool that like all my buddies kind of bought in like, I don't know if they're as gung-ho about this stuff as we are, but, you know, they kind of bought into a team type of strategy because it's only 22 acres, so we could literally sit on top of each other if we wanted to. But we made sure that we were all in decent spots where we're not going to affect the other guy or whatever, and it all pretty much worked out for everybody in a way. Um, it would have been cool to kill one, but all in all, it was like a successful first sure. annual awesome, bow man. camp or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, so hopefully we can do it again yeah, I don't know, probably not this year, but maybe next year. So, all right. Um, so I, it's probably a little early, but did you notice any patterns I mean, while you were out there in the early season? The only spot I saw deer was at that Oak Island, and they were just there. I mean, it was raining acorns there, and the deer were on top of them. I mean, cleaning house. Um, like I said, the other spots that I hunted, I, you know, I, I really thought I would see more deer. Um, even opening night where I hunted, I mean, there were, there were acorns dropping in there too. Um, but it was a long strip where I think there were quite a few oaks in there dropping acorns. So it was really just pick and choose. And I thought I set up, I tried to push back as far as I could to where I thought the you know, least amount of pressure would be. But as far as patterns go, I mean, I didn't, I didn't get to hunt every day for six days straight to really see. And, and it doesn't help. I, I can tell you where not, I can tell you where not to go if I could do it all over again. So, I mean, I didn't, notice any patterns um obviously <laughs> yeah. looking back i wish i would have done things a little differently but um yeah it's hard to hard to report on any patterns without consistently getting into deer like i thought i would yeah kind of like what i was saying like i noticed obviously like the older does seem to really know more about what's going on they're they're very aware and they seem really nervous just watching them like i don't know if uh, they, they might not necessarily know it's hunting season yet but they know that something's up and then, like, those young bucks that we saw, they still have no idea. And you can see, just, like, by watching their behavior, you can see why so many of them get killed every year. Because it's just, like, I mean, that one, he was literally staring at my buddy, and he just walks up to him within nine yards. Like, that's not a good well, and uh, it's so funny it's like method of staying bucks, alive. Like, even up to, like, a two-year-old. Like they, And that's another reason why I don't think this buck, I think it is the, the same buck from last year. And I, I think he is a three-year-old. Because, like even up to like two, two year old bucks, like two and a half, even in Michigan, like in this time of year, especially when they start to get squirrely, when does start getting ready to come into heat, like they're just, 
they're not very bright. Like they're walking around, you know, I mean, you still got to be in the right areas to find them, but they're just like so haphazardly like making noise and running around. But then they go from that to just being like yeah. the cagiest animals in the woods. You know, you get like a, like an older deer, like an older buck, especially. And they're just like, so, so skittish. And it goes back to like what you said, like, they're just, they know that around any corner they, they could get shot, you know, and they're just, they turn into the cagiest creatures. Yeah. Um, I was going to say something, but uh, yeah, I, I just, I, th- there's so many like year and a half year olds that are going to get killed in the next month or so next two months. Maybe if you count gun season, it's just, it's insane, dude, because they just, they have no idea what's well, going on. I mean, and they just walk I mean, right out to the worst possible spot, but, uh, you know, not being able but. to bow hunt next year. <laughs> Anything is uh liable to get shot. So don't judge me. Oh Yeah. So is there anything, I know we kind of talked about a lot about it, but is there anything else <laughs> that you may have messed uh, up yeah, on that you want to touch on? I've had so far this year I've messed up on. Um, like I said, just, just, I guess, looking back, probably poor setups, getting overly aggressive when I knew I didn't need to, just trying to go for the slam dunk. You know, if a deer does the X, then it's going to get a broadhead, like it's going to die. And I should have played it a little more conservatively, knowing that deer were going to be in that area. It's like, you know, um, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? I mean, take what you can get, you know, I know there's going to be activity, so just set up accordingly. Don't get too aggressive, just get aggressive enough to where you can kill one. And I didn't. Um, so I messed up there. Um, I don't know, man, as far as like, I mean, the other night, Friday night, when I went out, I wish I would have hunted a different area, but I don't know. I mean, other than that, I don't know. Can't really screw up much more. So yeah, I wish I would have done everything differently. Story of my life. Um, Did you do anything well? <laughs> step one. Step I mean, you were one, out there. The you were yeah, out there what, I mean, 11 yeah, times? Knew, like when I went to Atlanta, like I spent, you know, three, four, five hours, like just scouring as much landscape as I could. Areas that I had you know, from, from scouting online, virtually aerial maps, like just areas I wanted to go check out. And like, I put in a lot of, you know, miles in the truck and boots on the ground, just looking for some type of sign. Um, I didn't want to spread myself too thin and just like walk miles in one area. So I was doing a lot of driving and then putting boots on the ground in certain areas. So I think I did that well. I just couldn't find anything that I loved. Um, and I might've overlooked some things. So did I do something, you know, by thinking I did something right, I might've done something wrong. Um, I've been like, I mean, I've, I've felt pretty good about my setups as far as setting up smart with wind and watching my thermals. And, um, you know, it's hard to say. I feel like I've, I mean, my opening morning strategy worked out to a T. I just wonder if maybe those deer, maybe it's such a thick area i just figured like don't go too far back opening day like you don't have to overthink it the deer could be right here next to the parking lot when really looking back now i it's such a thick area i wonder if those deer might be moving in there more like now when people have been in the woods like back in those woods and those deer might be getting pushed up into this thick stuff next to the parking lot so it's i'm not counting it out like i said i just i need to really focus in these next couple weeks on not just saying like, I'm going to go hunt in this area, like get out there, whether it's, whether I skip the morning hunt and get out there at 8am or whatever, just like boots on the ground, looking for where the deer are, where are the scrapes? I mean, there's been a lot of scrape activity. I saw that buck scraping, you know, uh, rubbing all over the place. My buddy, Joel, 
had a nice eight point come out. Actually, he he's had a roller coaster of a season. He ended up shooting a really big doe um, yesterday. Yeah, yesterday morning he shot a really big doe and found it. So that was awesome because he uh, last week I think it was like the ninth he shot a doe and or the eighth or something he shot a doe and thought he made a great shot on it and we never ended up finding it the next day we we tracked and we we, i mean there was bubbles in the blood might have been a single long deer might have lived it might not have we grid searched i mean we went to hell and back looking for this deer so uh and then i mean now i'm just talking about him i don't know why but uh yeah he um he ended up missing a buck uh like five days ago and then yeah saturday morning he shot a doe back to the point after he shot the doe he had a really nice tall eight point come out and scrape uh within 30 yards of him or something and he couldn't get a shot at it but um i mean the deer are active you know and that's kind of i guess bringing it full circle i need to get out there next time i have some time off coming up and start looking for the fresh scrapes because i think the deer are are heavy on the scrapes right now they're they're getting ready and uh yeah i don't even know what we were talking about so excuse me (laughs) no yeah i think these next two weeks you're really going to start seeing that pick up even more like that last couple weeks of october that stuff's going to really pick up so for me i guess the question if you want to talk about the messed up on anything we did well I i feel like for me, it was like the wind in both cases. Um, had deer really close range every time I played it right, and then I got busted the one time that I played it wrong. So anybody who says you can ignore the wind, I think they're lying. But uh, anything we did well, we did. We scouted really well, at least that second weekend that I hunted, and did a pretty good job setting up for the most part. I mean, we saw deer every time, so it's kind of hard to say that we set up in the wrong spot. But a couple things that I noticed, and these might even – play into the next question but uh you told a story i don't know what it was maybe episode one or two about just that silly little thing that you have that's like a retractable bow rope and dude i've gotten that stupid thing like i just have like the basic you know five dollar rope with the two carabiners at the end I've gotten that thing tangled up so many times now that i wish i would have bought one of those and i've actually i was looking at them online last night it's funny because like everything is sold out of bow equipment right now. Like I feel like that's kind of why I asked if there's more people out there hunting because like you go to a bow shop or even looking online, all everything's just sold out completely for the most part. Um, but yeah, I need to get one of those things because it's a pain in the ass trying to untangle that stupid thing every time, especially in the dark. And then I really want to look into probably next year getting a better mobile setup rather than this hang-on stand that I have right now, because it's pretty bulky and heavy and a pain in the ass to hang up. So, I don't know. Probably end up in a saddle I'll next year. teach you the ways on how to Maybe use you to one, teach me the ways on the dark one. side. Um, Brandon actually... What was that? <laughs> have I you killed a deer out of one? My saddle. Um, preface that. for When I first bought it, I hunted out of it quite a bit. I actually missed a doe out of it and um i mean i've passed on way too many bucks that i really regret passing on out of it but um there was a good chunk of before college and during college where either i didn't hunt and i was like waterfowl hunting so i was like just frustrated with deer hunting or i was just hunting like brandon's farm or whatever so i really didn't use the saddle too much and then i picked it back up and got my gear 
reorganize and start hunting on it again. So it's no excuse. I mean, I, I should have, should have killed quite a few deer out of it. I mean, shoot, even this season I should have, but, um, I don't know. My saddle is also very old and I'm realizing that it's kind of like, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of hindering me just because it's not like the new saddles where you can shoot really 360 degrees. I realize I don't really have the option to do that and it's kind of a pain. Yeah. I feel like I could have shot those does that I saw yeah. on two Fridays ago. Yeah. If I would have so had a saddle. Story, I could have just um, spun around the tree and, and whack. Uh, Brandon was out and he took his climber. I kind of gave him a direction of an area to go. He didn't like it. He ended up going through hell and back through all this thick stuff, was sweating his ass off and ended up setting up uh, near a field edge and almost got a shot at a really big doe or a buck. He wasn't sure what it was. He could just barely see its vitals at like 20 yards, but he passed on it. And, but he was, still, yeah, but he was so frustrated yeah. with that. The bucks are orange with antlers. Through that stuff. He literally was like, send me. And I've been trying to get him to like get a saddle for a while. And he's like, yeah, someday. And he called me on his way home and he's like, send me a link to like, you know, send me a setup that I should buy. And I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. So I sent him like link to tethered and uh, sent him a couple different options for sticks like XOP and lone wolf and stuff. And then like 10 a.m. morning, he's like, I bought it. He's like, bought a saddle, bought sticks, like yeah. dropped like whatever, seven, 800 bucks. He's like, I'm not, not dealing with the, he's like, I'm not dealing with the climber ever again. I started looking into them just barely scratching the surface, but I was like, damn, dude, I'm not going to buy well, that yeah, right exactly. now. That's, I got to wait and ask so Santa like, or something. If you just don't Freaking like 400 bucks. You don't see yourself really using it because like you, like you have property or whatever, but it's like, I also know people that I've tried to get, like, I've tried to tell them like, dude, go like buy a mobile setup, like whether it's a saddle or a hang on, like a lightweight hang on from lone wolf or anything. And people are just like, oh, yeah. I just can't justify the money. And, but they're like, I really want one. Like I really would use it a lot, but I can't justify it. It's like you buy this thing. Yeah. It's expensive. But like, if you can afford it, like it's one thing if you just can't afford it at all, but it's like, if you can find a way to make it work, like you don't ever have to buy another tree stand or anything ever again for the, for as long as you like these things, like the quality, everything about yeah. it, you can use it for the rest of your life. So like it is well worth the investment. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I need to, I just, I haven't pulled the trigger on it. I feel like right now I have my little setup oh, yeah, and it's okay. Sure. It's just a little heavy. It's an older hang on stand. Um, but it's still more mobile than like lugging a climber out there for sure. Um, but yeah, it's the same thing. Like we were talking with the expensive camo or whatever. If you buy yourself like a first light whitetail kit, it's going to cost you 500 bucks, but it probably the last pair of camo you ever have to buy and it's going to keep you nice and warm and all that stuff. So anyway, enough about that. Um, but let's talk about any adjustments that you're going to make for the next hunts and also when and where you're going to be hunting next. Uh, do you want to start? Sure. Go ahead. You probably got a lot more on this than I do because I'm taking like the next few weeks off to be, uh, be a dad mode. Right, right. Um, yeah, so adjustments. I mean, just I got to be smarter when I – you know, with just my setup and I don't know. I mean, I don't, I can't really say many adjustments. Um, I mean, really just keeping at it. We're coming into, to start coming into heat. Uh, my next, I'm going up to the UP Friday. I might, I might get a hunt in Thursday, but, uh, going to the UP Friday to, uh, help out at UP deer camp, just doing some odds and ends stuff. Um, might, might try to get a 
hunt or two in up there, uh, try to shoot a doe for camp. Um, and then I have, so I'm actually starting Thursday. Yeah. I'm off for like 10 days. So I actually have the entire next week off. So I'm going to hunt Monday, the 26th through Thursday. What would that be like the 29th? Um, and Tuesday through Thursday, I have rented a little cabin, uh, in the recreation area where I hunt near and I didn't have to do that. I mean, I could have, you know, just stayed at mom and dad's and hung out with them, but I figure, you know what, I got this time off. It's going to force me to, to stay in the woods longer and hunt. So I, I booked it and, uh, my game plan is pretty much if I don't have a morning sit that I'm real confident in, um, I'm probably going to tick a lot of hunters off, but I'm going to wake up at the crack of dawn and pack a lunch, pack a bunch of food and my like warmer weather gear in my backpack, put my sticks on and just go putting boots to the ground, looking for good sign, like just trekking miles until I find something good set up, sit there all day if I have to. And you know, if it's good enough sign, I won't care. Cause that time of year, you don't know what time the deer are moving. So that's yeah. kind of the plan, man. I think you'll have fun, man. That's one thing I've kind of forgot to mention is like that second weekend, we were actually camping in tents down on the beach at that my buddy's grandma's house. So it was pretty cool though. Like not, you know, no power, no TV, none of that nonsense. Just be being one with nature and beer and wood and stuff so i think you'll enjoy it excited i mean i'm gonna be by myself like a loser but that's not out of the ordinary (laughs) so that's gonna be uh right over here like 10 minutes from me right i don't want to give away the spot because it's super hot (laughs) yeah yeah i'll be real close to you so if you get to get bored one night come on over for a bonfire cool man yeah maybe i wouldn't rule anything out at this point I'm going to be, I'm going to be just living vicariously through you guys and everybody else who's still hunting for the next couple of weeks. Yeah. It'll be interesting. That's for sure. I hope I can just get something hanging before November comes. Yeah. That would be nice. Take a little pressure off. So yeah, like I said, man, I'm going to be taking a few weeks off, spend some time with the family before things start to get real cold and like that. Hopefully the rut hits. Um, I'd like to get back sometime during late October if not for sure, like that first weekend in November, I already told my wife, like block that one off. Cause I'm come hell or high water. I'm going to be out there somewhere. So, and then of course, gun, gun season opens on the, on the next Sunday, the 15th. So I don't know how that's going to work with like work and stuff. Um, we've got a big project that we're doing over Thanksgiving, which is unfortunate for my hunting so yeah i'd like to be out there on the opener because that's like literally on our farm that's like the best shot during gun season it seems is like those first two days if not then like two weeks later once everything calms back down right that's always good but anyway overlooked yeah an overlooked time to be out there is towards the end of gun season when people are you know gets too cold people are you know done with their vacations for deer camp or whatever so yeah it's like, yeah, exactly. That's usually when things start to heat back up just a little bit. So, but yeah, that November 7th weekend, I've got that one on the calendar, likely be back up to the farm with my dad and also use that time to get our gun season stuff ready. But like I said a little bit earlier, like one thing I'm going to do is just wait for that West wind to sneak into uh, that little patch of woods next to that buck bed and 
just see what's going on in there. So it's pre- it's pretty thick, and hopefully, like with that prevailing wind, hopefully one day over the weekend, you know, it'll be blowing from that direction. So kind of putting a lot of my apples in that basket right now. Stick one in them. <laughs> Catch them slipping. That's right. Yeah. So any uh, any parting words this evening? Oh, let me rack my brain here. Um, I need to bring the optimism back. Like opening weekend is such a high and then like the, it just turns into such a grind after that. Oh yeah. But that's the beauty of it, man. It's like Dan Infault says, like you want to, the, the ideal situation is to work your tail off all season and shoot one on the last day, you know? Yeah. But uh, no, man, just um, keep the, keep the morale high. It's we're getting into the best time of year and hopefully one of us can have some success here. Um or, you know, we'll have a postseason recap and maybe bring some other people on who can actually kill something. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's all I got. Yeah. I just want to say, like, for anybody out there hunting in Michigan, if you guys want to tag us at Wolverine Whitetail in any of your pictures, we always love seeing the, the dead deer photos and see all the big bucks that you guys are killing that we're not. So, <laughs> that's it's always nice to see though, you know, it's, it's a tough state to hunt in and we get that. And, uh, I don't know. I feel like we're all kind of out there grinding together sometimes. That's right. So, all right, everybody. Well, shout out to the good folks at Crooked Bend for sponsoring our podcast. Make sure you guys hit them up for all of your food plot needs. And when you do use code Wolverine at checkout to get a free hat with your order, hunt smart, hunt hard. This is Wolverine Whitetail.